Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara. California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today, and what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today, we're going to start a new study in a new book. We've been going verse by verse through most of the New Testament, and now we're in Third John, the third epistle of John, and I'm looking forward to going through these 14 verses together and uh, it'll be a great time of Bible study, very needed book, a very short book, but very filled, packed book with much application for us. Now, if you have missed any of the Bible studies that we have done, and uh, I know that's uh, completely possible because of scheduling and whatnot, you can download or subscribe, I guess is the right word, subscribe to our podcast, Striving for Revival, wherever it is you get your other podcast. Just find us there, subscribe, and here's why. Once you do that, You'll have access to all of the uh, Bible studies that we've already done, and you can go back and listen and then re-listen and then uh, listen again, and that can be a help to you as you uh, study your Bible along with me. And I know some of you say you use these studies for your personal Bible reading day by day, and if that be the case, you probably want to get the podcast in case you happen to miss uh, the live airing of this on your radio station. Now, third John, Third John. Third John was written about the same time as First and Second John, and the commentators say probably around AD 90. John is probably the last surviving apostle. He's an older man. He's been through the ringer, if you will. And John is, uh, is showing his care, his watch care, I guess would be a, a better term, over these various local churches. Now, I think just from my personal reading, that John is writing here in Third John to a church maybe without a pastor, without uh, a man in the position as under-shepherd. And so there's a good man named Gaius, or we could pronounce his name Gaius, who is taking the leadership of this church, but maybe he is, a, he is layman leadership. And he's standing, and he's doing his best, but there's also another man who's very domineering, and he's a type of what will begin now and continue, and we still see it uh, in certain denominations, uh, who usurps or tries to put himself above the people of the church, and he talks bad about any guest preacher that comes through, and he causes all kinds of problems. Now, this is a great book to read and refer to for you churches listening in that are in a transition time with no pastor. And we have to guard, and we have to watch against men who uh, seem to be subservient and obedient when there was a pastor who all of a sudden get a little taste of authority. Maybe they've been placed on a pulpit committee. Maybe they, uh, they give a lot of money to the church, and now there's no pastor there. And you've got to guard against the temptation to take upon yourself that which is anti-biblical, anti-church, anti-church dichotomy, if you will, and run the show. Don't be a Diotrephes who loves to give himself the preeminence. I have seen more churches fall apart because of pulpit committees and men who 
and usually it's a woman leading the man around, but uh, men who take upon themselves authority that has not been God-ordained and is not their place. Now let me remind you, that'll be a scary, sad day at the judgment seat of Christ for anyone who causes any kind of harm to the body of Christ, a local church. You harm the bride, you harm the body, it'll be a bad day at the Bema seat. Mark it down, and don't forget that. So Paul, or Paul John is writing to this church that I believe is in a situation sort of like that. They don't have a pastoral leadership in place a strong uh, uh, under-shepherd, if you will. So he's writing to this man named Gaius, Gaius. And as he writes, like he does in most of his epistles, truth is the key concept. He mentions the word truth six times, five times in 2 John, six times in 3 John. Now, we can divide it up, verse 1 through 4, he gives some personal greetings. He, uh, in verse 5 through 8, gives some instructions concerning ministering to other people or the brethren. And then also in verse 9 through 14, he, uh, he, uh, deals with the apostate leader and a good leader. And so we'll read about this man named Diotrephes and then a good leader named Demetrius, and we'll read about these different individuals as we study this epistle. Let's begin looking at it now here in verse number 1. The elder. That's the same way he started off, Second John. The elder under the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. I like that. He uses that phrase in 2 John, I love in the truth. He said, I base my fellowship, my affection, my friendship with you in the Word of God. I I anchor it there in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee even as thou walkest in the truth. Here's probably the famous verse from 3 John, verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So again, John begins his letter with elder. He's referring to himself as his position as a, as an overseer of these churches, but also he's old. <laughs> he just is. He's been living a long life, and he's the last surviving apostle, and so he's writing as an older man to this church. He cares for this church. He loves this church, and he's giving them some admonition and instruction. Now, John is uh, probably at least 80 years old when he writes this letter, maybe older. And so he's referring to the fact that he's up in years. Also, like I said, that term elder synonymous with the term pastor in the New Testament. He's writing to this man by the name of Gaius or Gaius. The, the name uh, Gaius is mentioned a number of times in the New Testament, and primarily it relates to the ministry of Paul. There's a Gaius from Macedonia mentioned in Acts 19. There's a Gaius uh, in Derby that uh, traveled with Paul, mentioned in Acts 20, so a different man. And there's also a man named Gaius who was Paul's host in Corinth when he wrote the book of Romans. Now, it's conceivable that the Gaius to which John wrote may have been one of those that Paul mentions in his letters. In any event, though, on three occasions in the epistle, John refers to him as beloved. He refers to him as beloved in verse 1, as beloved in verse 5, and then again as beloved in verse number 11. So this brother 
whoever he was, is very near and dear to the heart of the Apostle John. Gaius may have been an officer of the church, maybe sort of like a deacon. Uh, he's obviously in some sort of a leadership role in this church, and he, uh, he, uh, he's a member of the church, and he, I believe he probably has a little bit of oversight thereof, maybe because they don't have a pastor. John makes clear that his affection uh, is, uh, as he's already noted, he said, here's the reason why he loves him. He loves him in the truth. So this is the first of six references in our epistle to the truth. John made clear his relationship to Gaius is on a spiritual level, a spiritual level. He loves him in the truth. Now, in an age of apostasy, truth is such a precious thing. In a day of apostasy, truth is a precious commodity. So John emphasizes that. It's amazing how even here in the first century, John is having to emphasize the need for truth and battling against apostasy. And Paul wrote about that, how grievous wolves would enter in and how all this uh, trouble would enter in upon the church. And so he's writing even back in his day, to contend for the faith, to anchor yourself in truth, have fellowship in the truth, and how much the more we need that in our day. Verse number two, he said, I wish above all things that I may prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. He's saying, I want your physical uh, health to be as strong as your spiritual health. But by the way, spiritual health is more important. In our day and hour, everybody's trying to take every miracle drug, do every kind of workout, every fad uh, 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 diet that they can get on just to prolong their physical life. And that's fine, but don't neglect the spiritual man. The spiritual man is far more important than the physical man. Now, I do believe we've got to take care of our body. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. I need my body to serve God. I need my body to be healthy so I can go for God. But I ought not love my flesh at the uh, expense of my spirit. Say amen right there. It's all right to say amen every once in a while. And uh, so anyway, we, we emphasize the spiritual over the physical, but it's all right to pray for both. I rejoice greatly, said, when the brethren came and testified of the truth that's in. They said that, that you're saved, that you love the truth, you're preaching the truth, you're standing for the faith, and, and you walk in it. And he said, I have no greater joy, what a great verse, than to know my children walk in truth. Clearly, he's referring to Gaius as one of his children, so that means he's led him to Christ. He's one of his converts. He's discipling him. And so uh, probably that means Gaius isn't one of these mentioned by Paul, because John is the one who led him to Christ. And uh, so Gaius is one of John's... Uh, 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 um, converts. He's influenced him. He's helped him grow in the ministry. So maybe he served with Paul early on. Maybe not. I don't know. But all I do know is this, that John had a lot of uh, influence on his life. And John said, here's what pleases me. Not that you're a famous preacher, the best singer in the church, but that you are walking in the truth. That is the crowning joy of a Christian to know that their converts follow the Bible and walk in truth. Now that's our study to start off this epistle. Join us next time as we continue deeper down into the text. Until then, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.